Here's my bottom line for the Tar Heels. It starts with defense if you give me only one thing, but it continues with depth, which is actually related to defense if you gave me long enough to explain how, right? If Roy Williams wanted to, and he sometimes has played his five starters for all 20 minutes of the second half when he feels like a game is in jeopardy of getting away. He didn't do that last night, and he rarely does it. Again, he plays a deepest bench probably in the entire ACC. He plays more guys than virtually any other famous coach of a prominent program. His theory is even if it hurts you a little bit midstream, to play the less experienced guy or the guy who's not as reliable or as consistent. It helps you in the longer run because they get experience that they couldn't possibly get just in practice or just by watching from the bench. And Roy Williams has a laundry list of examples where his way has worked. Now, the same way that often works for you can come back to bite you if you play 11 guys, and I don't mean last night, which was senior night, so you had a couple of extra guys who started the game, as is the UNC tradition on senior night, simply because they're walk-on seniors joining Theo Pinson and Joel Berry, the scholarship seniors. I don't mean those two guys. I mean the second five that plays significant minutes for Roy in a league where some of the most famous coaches barely go beyond six or seven players. When you don't have confidence in your depth, it is that much harder for you to ask your starters to play maniacal high-energy defense for the 35 or so minutes that they have to play if you don't use your bench nearly as often, right? But it starts with defense for the Tar Heels. They are up there with Duke, and I mean an unbelievably short list of others, with one of the best offenses in the entire country, period, right? Theo Pinson is a diverse offensive guy, not elite, but diverse. Kenny Williams can hit threes. Cam Johnson is a brilliant three-point shooter. Joel Berry and Luke May are both all ACC guys, far more because of their offense than for their defense. Those five guys working in unison, they know how to run the break. They know how to pass the ball. They know how to get open threes. They know how to work together. They've developed chemistry that they did not have when Cam Johnson was first coming back from his long layoff after transferring in from Pitt because he had injury issues. They have that chemistry now. They have offensive brilliance most nights, sometimes even in defeat. And that's what's alarming for Roy Williams as we come to your calls, 1-800-849-2761. If you shoot 54% from the field, as the Tar Heels did against Miami last night, if you make almost half of your three-pointers, 13 out of 27, as the Tar Heels did against Miami last night, you should win almost all of the time. And they didn't. Why? Because they didn't just play mediocre defense. They played really poor defense overall. And Miami shot 55% for the field. And Miami joined NC State and others in making not only double-digit three-pointers, 11 out of 22, but shooting 50% from long range. It is hard to win, even with elite offense, when you're playing that kind of leaky defense, 1-800-849-2761. More on that story. It starts with defense for the Tar Heels. What is the number one thing your favorite team must figure out to get where it wants to go during March Madness? I have very different answers for the Blue Devils or the Wolfpack or the Tigers or the Cavaliers or the Hokies or the other teams we're following. With Carolina, an upgrade on defense is an absolute requirement if they want to make a run at something special in Brooklyn at the ACC tournament. 
or in the bigger dance where Roy Williams, as you know, has led the Tar Heels to -to back-to-back national championship games. You don't have to be great defensively if you score as well as the Tar Heels do, but you can't be where the Tar Heels are defensively to give yourself a great chance to go a long way. 1-800-849-2761. Ed in Winston-Salem. We'll get the phone calls rolling. Ed, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Thank you, David. Uh, it looked like deja vu last night, Carolina, Miami. Uh, remind me of the 2016 uh, championship uh, game with the way things went there in the last minute or so. Uh, you more or less stole most of my thunder here. Oh. Big Carolina fan. Sorry about okay. that, Ed. Make your you own weather that. pattern. You go <laughs> no, right okay. ahead. They, but you, but you're, you're right. Uh, they only got three points off the bench, and I think Miami had 20-some, so that's a big concern. But like you stressed uh, several times, the defense, so the, the pick-and-roll defense was terrible last night. Uh, guarding the three-point line, you know, was uh, also terrible. So you're absolutely 100% correct. They're going to have to shore up uh, these. And then I was really disappointed uh, in our primary ball handlers. Barry turned it over three times. Pinson turned it over three times. And then uh, Wood. He turned it over three times. Well, that gets to the depth. I mean, I say this all the time about complementary players in multiple sports. You do not have to be great. I mean, I have watched Carolina, Duke, great NC State teams. If your second teamers are simply dependable, you can chase championships if your starters are great, right? I mean, Henrik Rodel played a reliable backup role on the 1993 UNC National Champions. Anybody know who Henrik Rodel is beyond passionate Tar Heel fans or those who lived through it in 1993? You need stars, of course. We all see that part of the picture. But you know what Henrik Rodel didn't do? Go out there and turn it over once for every minute he's on the court. Seventh Woods last night played four minutes and turned it over three times. You know, it's basically can you play with confidence – Can you study your opponent? Can you learn the game plan? Can you execute it? And can you simply hold the fort until the starters get back on the court? That's all. Nobody's asking anybody to be a star. Not at Duke with what Coach K asks of his guys off the bench. Not at UVA with what Tony Bennett asks from the number one team in the nation. He's not asking anybody to be a star. He has stars in Devin Hall and Kyle Guy and Ty Jerome, the the guard trio up there. Coach K has Marvin Bagley and Wendell Carter Jr. and Grayson Allen, right? Uh, Roy Williams has especially Joel Berry and Luke May. That starting lineup is fine in Chapel Hill. Jones Angel, voice of the Tar Heels, joined us recently, and as he often does, he put it perfectly. It's not that the Tar Heels are not good enough to win three straight games or four straight games in Brooklyn. They are. It's not that they're not good enough to go to another Final Four with four straight victories in the NCAA tournament. They are good enough because of that starting five. But as he used the phrase, their margin of error, I believe was his choice of words, is infinitely thinner this year than it was the last two years when the Tar Heels played for the national title in back-to-back campaigns. I don't know how many more buttons Roy Williams has to push. What You could look at it glass half full or glass half empty if you're a Tar Heel fan like Ed in Winston-Salem. Appreciate you listening, Ed, and for your call, 1-800-849-2761. On the one hand, glass half full? Are there guys on the second team that on a given night have given Roy what he needs? Answer, clearly yes. Sterling Manley was in over his head last night while being asked to play four minutes. 
and fumbling the ball when it's thrown into the post and being out of position on defense and failing to block any shots and failing to deal with those high pick and roll situations the way a big man like Luke May is usually outstanding with how he defends that same kind of challenge as a post player. In Luke May's case, kind of being asked to play a lot of the time a little bit out of position. Sterling Manley last night, invisible. Sterling Manley a few games ago, was not only good off the bench, he was great off the bench. And he can dunk it, and he can catch and score, and he can block shots, and he's pretty mobile for a big guy. And he delivers on one night in a big way, and he's completely invisible last night when the Tar Heels needed some help from the bench. Garrison Brooks, I don't believe, played a minute in the first half. I'd have to double-check that. The other freshman big man, when Roy Williams was just searching for answers, right, couldn't figure Garrison Brooks is the best defensive big man for them off the bench. So Garrison Brooks, I again, he either barely played or didn't play in the first half. Miami is up eight at the half, 44-36. So there's a possibility that Miami's dropping a C note on you in the Smith Center because your defense is so leaky. And Miami is not an elite offensive team. Remember, Bruce Brown, their best player, is hurt. Now, I told you yesterday, watch Lonnie Walker. He's going to make the all-freshman team. He's going to be an NBA first-round pick. He was really good. I told you yesterday, watch Chris Likes. He's only 5'5 or so, but he has a spud web Muggsy Bogues style excitement to him and on some nights he's really productive well voila he has 18 points last night and four assists for the Hurricanes those two freshmen lifted the Hurricanes offensively especially but it's not like they're an offensive juggernaut and they scored 91 points on the Tar Heels last night Garrison Brooks helped improve that situation when you grab six rebounds in seven minutes you're helping your team when you're defending the high ball screen better than Sterling Manley was. You're helping your team. When Garrison Brooks is in there, what does he have to do? You don't want him to take a lot of shots. You want him to pass the ball out to Cameron Johnson or Luke or, or Joel Berry or Luke May to take three pointers, or you want him to rebound and play defense. And he's a good athlete. Run the floor, crash the boards, right? Play intelligently. Hit your free throws if you end up getting to the line. At times, Andrew Playtech early this year did some good things for the Tar Heels. At times, Brandon Robinson did, although it's getting late in his career for it to be almost the month of March, and Roy Williams still is not sure what he's going to get from him. Most of these other guys are either brand new or relatively inexperienced. Seventh Woods can't turn the ball over three times in four minutes. Hold the fort, but you have to be mentally prepared. You can't wilt in the moment. The Smith Center crowd's going crazy all night, right? Tar Heels had comeback after comeback after comeback, places loud, places crazy. The Miami Hurricanes actually dealt, their younger players dealt with the pressure of the moment, including those two freshmen I mentioned, better than the Tar Heels bench players, not all freshmen, handled the pressure of the moment. Roy Williams needs more from his bench. I'm not sure how much better the defense will get. It'll get somewhat better. Last night was bad. But I don't know if it can be a great defense, mainly because, according to the coaches at Carolina, they do this defensive player of the game thing every, every game. They don't care what the stats are. They don't care what you think as a fan. They don't care what we think as media members. They have their way of looking at good defense and bad defense. And trust me, they do not adopt what many fans adopt, which is sending me emails and tweets about how many blocked shots or steals somebody has. Defense is a lot more complicated than simply counting numbers, right? The numbers can reflect some things, but the numbers absolutely don't tell the story 
they don't even tell them as well as they tell it offensively, right? If you have X number of points per game, X number of assists per game, you're shooting 40% from three-point land, 60% from the field. Those numbers are going a long way toward telling us what's going on offensively. Defensive numbers tend to not be as crystal clear or even as helpful is a better way to put it. According to Carolina's coaches, Theo Pinson has been their best defender one time this entire season. Tarzel will played 30 games. A lot of Carolina fans have created a myth that Theo Pinson is an elite defender. He is athletic. He does have long arms. He's a fantastic guy when it comes to running the floor. His attitude is great. His basketball IQ is more good than bad, although Roy Williams talks about unnecessarily risky passes at the offensive end. And the way they grade defensive film and video, they believe Theo makes unnecessary risks on the defensive end of the floor as well. So high assist totals, yes, but high turnovers when you're always trying to thread the needle with some of your cross-court passes. Similarly on defense, if you've played 30 games as a senior, and the Carolina coaches have graded your film and only said you were their player of the game on defense one time, you're not an elite defender, right? Joel Berry has won that award in the coach's eyes eight times out of 30 games. Joel Berry is a six-foot whatever with not the longest arms, good but not elite athlete. And I admire the guy's work ethic, perseverance, clutch play, you name it, I am on the Joel Berry bandwagon. But if he's your best defensive player and nobody's won that award again more than he has as of the numbers going into last night's game, maybe they didn't hand out a defensive player of the game award after last night's debacle. But if Joel Berry has won that award as often or more often than every other player on the team, you have a problem. Because by definition, the six-foot guy with shorter arms and a little less athleticism, if he's your best defender, you're in big trouble. Those who have followed... Carolina basketball for a long time. Darren, you haven't been at it quite as long, but you know this, I know, as a meteoric up-and-coming play-by-play man in basketball and other sports. Carolina is one of the only schools in the country that has stayed true, for the most part, to a two-post, three-perimeter player system. From Dean Smith for such a long time. Through Bill Guthridge all the way through Roy Williams, right? Now, this year's a little different, obviously. Several guys are playing out of position. They're going with the small lineup. Oddly... The small lineup has not hurt them in rebounding. I mean, that's just amazing and a testament to Roy Williams' focus on it in practice and teaching it and those players' execution of rebounding. It is amazing that you play a smaller lineup than traditionally is the case, and yet you're still one of the best rebounding teams in the country. That's, that's insane. But part of the trade-off when you play an unconventional lineup, if you go away from the two traditional post lineup – Everybody thinks in terms of all those big men that Dean Smith and Roy Williams and Bill Guthrie sent to the NBA. And there were decades where the NBA scouts would say, Dean Smith and Bill Guthrie coach future pro big men as well as anybody in the history of college basketball. And there'd be at least one, usually more than one. And a lot of fans think of that in terms of dumping the ball into the post, asking your big men to play back to the basket, getting to the free throw line a lot if you're a really hard to defend big man. And that approach to offense. Well, the way it works on defense, if you're recruiting and signing and developing a lot of 6'9 to 7'2 guys, is that you have built-in shot blockers, depending on their athleticism and their range and all that stuff. So if you're defending on the perimeter, and just think, plug in your favorite 
traditional Carolina big man of the past, right? Brendan Haywood was a, what, 6'11 guy, 7-foot guy with long arms? One of the leading shot blockers in the history of the ACC. Like, not crazy far behind the Tim Duncans of the world and the landlord Sheldon Williams at Duke, another of the great shot blockers in ACC history. Eldon Campbell at Clemson was another of the best that I have ever seen. More recently, John Henson was an unbelievably mobile and long. I mean, he looked like Inspector Gadget out there. His arms were so long. He could block shots from a mile away. You go from literally decades of the two-post format where maybe it's an elite player like our regular guest Eric Montross, now on the Tar Heels broadcasting team, great shock blocker, or even backups. There was a guy named Kevin Salvadori who, with the Tar Heels of the early 90s, he was on that national championship team with Montross in 1993. Not a prominent player, but if he's on the court for whatever minutes he got, you could get in your player's grill on the perimeter knowing that if you got beat on a dribble to the basket, there's Montross and or Salvadori behind you. That stuff matters, and it is a reflection of the Tar Heels' defensive problems and what I believe is a challenge for Roy Williams without an easy answer when your best lineup that makes you so great offensively is six foot eight Luke May at the center position essentially, and six foot six Theo Pinson at kind of the power forward position defensively. And Cam Johnson's not a good defender. And Joel Berry is, according to the coaches, but has his own limitations. Kenny Williams I like as a defender, but he's not 6'7 with long arms the way Jim Beheim recruits him up at Syracuse for his zone. What is that button to push? You either have to ride the five that make you offensively elite and deal with their inevitable defensive shortcomings. Not as bad as last night again all the time, but those five have only so much to give defensively. The Theo Pinson defensive genius myth is exactly that, a myth, and that's according to the Carolina coaches themselves. Those five might be able to take you a long way, but because of their built-in defensive issues, Jones Angel's words ring true, really narrow margin of error for the Tar Heels this year compared to many other years under Roy.